Hey, I want to go ahead and say happy Hanukkah to all of the Jewish people listening. Yeah, let's see. Hold on, are we? Yeah, I guess we are. Wait, we're today. No, are we to Hanukkah yet? Yes, it's tonight. As a Jew, I can tell you that we actually are celebrating Hanukkah tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, this is the last roundtable for 2017. So we're gonna talk about some of the changes that we've seen in the bourbon community, as well as give our votes for bourbon and rye of the year. There were a few surprises that were thrown in for bourbon of the year, so you'll get to hear that towards the end. And if you listen to the very end, we're gonna talk about a surprise coming in 2018 to our loyal fan base. And we have to continue to say thank you to all of our fans and most importantly, our Patreon supporters. Without you, it's really, really hard to keep this show going. In addition, our November giveaway for Patreon supporters will be happening this week, so thank you for being patient. We are cramming a lot in this week and next to keep bringing everyone a bunch of whole new content. As a reminder, please fill out our audience survey. It's only gonna take you three minutes, but it also gets you entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Go to bourbonpursuit.com survey, and just all you have to do is select all the brands that you've learned about after because of listening to this show. With that, enjoy this week's episode. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to noseyourbourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Gift 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703.
Welcome back to the episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast, the official podcast of bourbon. This is the 15th edition of the Bourbon Community Roundtable. It's always a crowd favorite. We have got a full, uh, I mean, we've got pretty much the whole entire panel here tonight. We've got about 40 viewers that are already logged in and watching this, and it'll start creeping up to 50 or 60 as they start finally checking their Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook feeds. And we've also got people that are making fun of us on Twitter that said, oh, great, now the bloggers are now vloggers. We get to watch the we like to watch the bloggers not only blog but also vlog. So, uh, I, we, but you're a podcast, so you can do whatever the heck you want. Yeah, <laughs> 2017. Yeah, it doesn't apply to us. Yeah, it's all about diversity and inclusion, right? So get off, get off our back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as usual, we 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 kind of kick this off. This is all happening on YouTube Live, so people that are uh, they got the link, they can watch this being recorded and actually uh, be a part of it as it happens. And we have got a, a good list of topics tonight. But before we do that, uh, as usual, we need to go around the table, introduce everybody that uh, is on here. A lot of these people are already prolific bloggers in the space. You uh, know them probably pretty well already. And uh, I'm going to start on my left, what I see in my screen. So, Blake, you're up first, buddy. All righty. I'm Blake from bourboner.com. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, B-O-U-R-B-O-N-R. Come check out the new blind tasting uh, releases we're doing every month. We have one coming up tomorrow night. You may see a familiar face from tonight. Um, We're checking with his agent to make sure he can make it, but we will find out. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and ruin this fucking surprise. So who's who's up? It's Gary. Yeah, I, figured. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm a blogger, but I can't figure out how to shut up my iPad. <laughs> or, or uh, Carrie from Suburbia, S U B O U R B I A. I used to blog. Now I just vlog. So you can find me here once a month. Um, I actually do have an article coming out. I think I say that every time. You say that every time. <laughs> coming out soon. I make my presence on Twitter and making fun of people on Bourboner.com on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna figure out my iPad now because. Yeah, it's complicated. Carrie he also Carrie. works in the tech space. He's yeah. also an IT director, so there's that. he's for hire. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think I think Carrie's like our our. I don't know. He's kind of he's kind of like the outlier here. Is like we have all these bloggers on, and then we got this guy that yeah he used to blog, but he's funny, so we just we keep asking him to come back. And, he, right? and he's always got an article coming. <laughs> it's coming, man. This way, it's gonna be a flurry of articles. Y'all are gonna be. Yeah. Who's the band who like just kept hyping like their albums coming next month and they kept it going for like seven years straight or something? There's <laughs> some group who did that. Sounds like some Kanye would do or something. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> spend the rest of the time googling now. <laughs> Little Wayne. It's been like five years. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's because <laughs> baby. Little Weezy, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan, go up. You're up, man. There we go. This is Jordan from BreakingBourbon.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Patreon. Uh, we run a monthly newsletter, and we also just launched more shirts in our recently uh, launched store. So go check it out. Get your Breaking Bourbon swag right in time for Christmas, right? There you go. Right. There's a good plug for you. And then Max, Thanks. close us out, man. Hey, guys. This is uh, Max Christie from SuperflyBourbonClub.com. You can also find me in the Tampa Bay Whiskey Society if you're in the central florida area and if not you might see me in a bourboner every now and then either way uh yeah check us out and uh, stay tuned this is the most technically unsound round table we've ever done we're all just like cameras are bouncing microphones aren't working shit's making noise like we just is need another eclipse we just need to get a drink in this and, and like 
get back to us, man. Where's us? I miss us. It'll smooth out. <laughs> yeah. You didn't. Cheers, guys. You didn't do spinning before or something, Carrie. You know. <laughs> I've been at Disney all weekend, so I'm a little off myself. So <laughs> too, too much Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah, that's right. Let's start talking bourbon, and I bet we'll get right, let's do it. Back. There you go. Let's do this. Let's get into this. So in, in recent news, you know, we've talked about different ways of, of trading bourbon in the past. You know, we, we talked about on the roundtable once of, of things we've done. I've personally traded landscape duty uh, for, for bourbon before. People <laughs> that, that yeah. Yeah, see, because I got connections, right? Ryan's my connection to the, uh, the lawn world. But anyway, so, you know, planting petunias or whatever it is and I traded bourbon for it, right? Um, and I know Ryan's actually traded his services before for boxes of Jefferson's. Oh but, yeah. But I've there's killed a, off many lawns for, for bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> but there's kind of a, a new trend that's happening that we're seeing in the marketplace. And before we get into the pros and cons of doing a, a bourbon trade with Bitcoin, I want to kind of get a uh, idea of who on the panel has taken a leap and actually bought Bitcoin. <laughs> What's Bitcoin. All right, uh, so, Ryan, so, so Ryan's out. Yeah, so, so this is like a Not very kidding. highly debated topic amongst some of my friends. I have a couple of buddies who are really into it. One's on like, I could pull up text, but there's, I guess, all the other cryptocurrencies. One's, a few of them have bought Bitcoins. A few of them are onto some other blockchain cryptocurrencies, but I have not personally bought them. Um, I still think... I don't know. You have to put some kind of dollar behind it until then. It's just all speculation or not dollar, but some kind of value behind it until then. It's all speculation. But yeah, no, I haven't bought any bourbon with what? Bitcoin. Or it's Bitcoin. speculation, but it's still $16,000 speculation that people yeah. are saying it's just speculation. And I have bought Bitcoin because I had <sighs> we had a ransomware issue at my company earlier in the year really early. So I went through the process of buying it. I learned how to do it. I At the time, Bitcoins were only 1000 and uh, I could have invested in them, and I chose not to. And you know, is now that for, is that for one yeah. Bitcoin? What's that? Is that for one Bitcoin? Yeah, one Bitcoin was a thousand. Okay. When I was dealing with all the crap at work, and and then after yeah. it was done, I was like, well, I could buy a little bit for myself. I was like, nah, I'll just buy some bourbon. It's a better. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Now it's it's ten to fifteen thousand dollars fluctuating depending on the day. Three to five years ago, I had it all. I was going to buy a machine to mine Bitcoins. Back yeah. when you could buy something that did that and had it all priced out. It was going to be like three to $500. It was going to generate me a, a Bitcoin a month or something. And now looking back, I'm like, damn it. I wish I would have bought that. <laughs> <laughs> you were retired in like six months. Yeah, yeah now one now. coin is 12 grand. All I've been used hearing to be is wait, 50 wait bucks. go down. They're like, don't buy Bitcoin. Don't buy it now. Wait for it to go down. And then every day you look and it's $1,000 higher. It goes up and down huge swings, though. Like, yeah. it'll open at 12 grand. It'll close at 15. It'll open at nine. It'll close. Like, it's all over the place. Sounds like this my was, weed stocks. This was like <laughs> two years ago. Bitcoin it's went too through. too rich like, for my blood. Yeah, like two years ago, I went through a very similar thing, but it was like bouncing between what, like 500 and like. 2000 maybe which then yeah, was like exactly. really not as much but it was like wild swings like hundreds of dollars and i was like what's going on and this is the same thing which is magnitude bigger literally mm -hmm. the same thing that played out two years ago and at if the time i was it like that's never gonna be worth more than two thousand dollars and it'll be interesting to see two years from now if it's you know if it regulates back down or if it just flies up even more so it's, it's fun to watch that's for sure definitely yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I was listening to some radio and some shows and stuff like that, and they were saying, you know, like, what's what's the possible future of what this could be? And they said, you know, it, it really could have a future, right? As soon as Amazon starts accepting Bitcoin, like, that's it. It's over. Like, it's just going to go, you know, balls to the walls. It's going to go haywire. But they said it's also going to get to the point, like, to say, like, are you going to go to a coffee shop and pay point zero 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 three six for a cup of coffee? Right. It just doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't logically make sense. Right. So there is uh, there is speculation, uh, I guess you could see. But uh, I did uh, invest in Bitcoin probably about six months ago. So I've seen a pretty good return so far. Um, I had somebody that was telling me got an ether uh, back at the beginning around February uh, yeah. this past year. And I, I put a little bit in. And then once it got up to about 380, I put a lot more in. And then, uh, then it went straight down and then just now it started getting back up. And so it's, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been looking good, but anyway, let's, let's go back to the, uh, the pros and cons. This, is this CNBC? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shift, shifting back here. I want to shift back and just like the, the idea of, of trading bourbon for Bitcoin. Um, I'll kind of go with a, a little bit of pro. If somebody wants to play devil's advocate, go to con. They, uh, please be my guest. So when I look at this, I see a pro of Bitcoin. Uh, you're already in a legal market, right? Um, and Kerry has already kind of put out there that he had to actually pay a ransomware hacker in Bitcoin uh, because it's uh, untraceable. It's an unregulated amount. Uh, it's an unregulated currency. Um, I actually had the same problem uh about a few years ago, actually gotten hacked and had to pay ransomware. So when you're asking to be able to trade for for bourbon, I see it as a very positive thing, right? Because it's it's kind of like, um, you know, it, it's something that maybe has intrinsical value, maybe it doesn't. That's like saying, uh, you know, you've got a, a a bottle of Weller 12, and I'll give you a, two kin, two coon skins and a, a nickel and an eye patch for it, right? Um, they might mean something to you. But who knows if, if they have any other intrinsical value? Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think of of any kind of pros and cons to it? I, I would also say either a pro or con is that if you can trade a bourbon for uh, whatever set amount, and then all of a sudden it just goes gangbusters, like the uh, you know the story that uh, is pretty much why everybody kind of goes crazy about it is the the thing that you know originally somebody paid like eleven bitcoins to order Domino's pizza, right? In Jacksonville, Florida, actually, just let, let's get that clear. Hometown. Yeah. So this is a long, long time ago. But anyway, so uh, I mean, what do you guys think of uh, the market of actually just trading cryptocurrency for bourbon, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing? I'm indifferent. That's why not? Like, like you, like you already talked about, people trade landscaping services and lawn services and baseball cards or collectible coins or Pokemon or whatever the hell people will trade. It's pogs. You know, Pogs. Sports, sports tickets of a big trading thing I see right now. Yeah, sports tickets, concert tickets. Whatever. It's just a commodity. I mean, all it is is trading a commodity for commodity. You're just trading 100%. a commodity yeah. that has a very stable value, even though sometimes it's it fluct for bourbon and rye, it fluctuates a little bit when it first comes out. But it's pretty, I mean, if you look at Pappy 23, it's been pretty stable for two to three years now, right? So you have a Commodity that's pretty stable but valuable, and then you've got Bitcoin that's so unpredictable that, I mean, you you could be on a tail end of a great deal, or you could invest, and by the time you the Bitcoin reaches your coin, you know, your wallet, you know, it's already dropped a thousand. So, I mean, I think it's risky, but I think with anything you trade, um, unless you have a known commodity like money on the other end, it's it's there's always a risk involved. And what if you get fake tickets? 
you trade some bourbon for SEC championship tickets and they end up being fake. I mean, I think you take a risk with anything else besides money. Yeah, I think you, uh, I, I think it actually pushes the price even higher just based on the trajectory that Bitcoin seems to be taking is, you know, somebody trades a Pappy 23 for a quarter of a Bitcoin, <clears throat> Bitcoin, which at the time was, uh, you know, an even trade based in dollars. Well, then a month from now, that's now worth $5,000 and it looks like somebody just traded it for $5,000. I, I think that just continues to increase the the prices even further as some of these other currencies and commodities jump in. Um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, that's a good way of looking at it, Blake. That's for sure. Yeah. But then I wonder, I mean, so yes, you'll definitely see people make arguing and making that point if that happens. On the reverse, if it tanks, people would, you know, uh, no, no, sorry that, you know, that happy. Or I told you so. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not oh, that Pappy 20 that you got, you know, that Bitcoin that, you know, went up to $8,000 at one point. And now it's down to like $800 or $600 or $200. People aren't going to set the value based on that. So that, especially in the bourbon community, people will take what they want to see and it'll go one way, but it's not going to, the, the inverse won't apply there. Yeah. I just wonder how much, um, how the more likelihood of, of getting ripped off by trading cryptocurrency than a regular trade. I mean, I think at least with, a regular trade, there's some, you know, there's some level of I'm not going to do so and so until I've got X or Y, or I'm going to verify from other people that you're legit. I just wonder if there's a way that um, that it's a safe. I just don't know enough about it to know how trading really works for it. I mean, I I did one transaction with it, so um, I don't know. I just I find if that's if it's riskier than it seems on paper. I, yeah. I think that's a lot of people's issue with the. You know, the whole cryptocurrency in general is they just don't understand it. It's not like a very simple uh, definition. I mean, I've read, I feel like I've read a fairly good bit on it and still just scraping the surface on what it actually is. So, you know, I think you still have a lot of that and probably won't see it widely adopted anytime soon because of that. But No, but if you think so, if you go back and think, right? So a number of years ago before it got shut down and then the derivatives got shut down, but like it started with Silk Road and then like it went from there, right? And all those other sites that sell illicit drugs, like, they, you know, billions of dollars have flown through there and a lot of people do trust it. You'd almost think if it were to jump mainstream in the sense of not stores accepting like the next people, like alcohol and and just trades between people who sell alcohol would be like the next logical step, right? And if you can get people buying a shit ton of illicit drugs online every day and night, then people in the bourbon world will be able to figure out Bitcoin and start trusting it. Like it's the plain, like simple truth. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I also have tasted a Bitcoin and it's just not as good as bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) I personally make the trade. I've tasted, you know, cash and I've tasted bourbon and they both taste pretty good. And I just don't think Bitcoins taste that good. So I think that's that's the that's the summary right there. Yeah. My, my lawn services are way more valuable than Bitcoins, so I'm, I'm going to keep offering those for trades. I've tasted, or I've traded tax returns for bourbon before. It, it's a it's about as fair of a trade as a Bitcoin is. But uh, you know, if you need any tax work done and uh, have some good bourbon, hit me up. <laughs> Especially if like you're an S corp and you've got all this crazy yeah. stuff, then yeah, oh, that's gonna, the easy. Yeah, that's the fun stuff. Yeah. Oh you, yeah, that's but that's what he's going to like charge you for better bourbon. Sure. Hey, hey, Blake, PM me afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, my my current account doesn't take you know bourbon. That, you know that when he's an escort is the more appropriate thing. 
<laughs> All right. So I think we, we've kind of beat this one to death. And I know it's just the, the, the topic of, of maybe the past like two or three weeks since it's, you know, it's just gone, you know, crazy out of control. So the, um, the next kind of thing I want to talk about is, is just the community in general uh, of, of how we've kind of seen this happen. You know, this is, this is actually our last roundtable that we're going to have for uh, 2017. And, and this is kind of a, a look back to see how things have changed uh, within the community itself. And in my opinion of, of how this has really come about is that it's really hard these days to find a, a good form that doesn't just start lashing out at people or they, you know, people just post their life's collection of Pappy and create a whirlwind of comments. You know, at, at one point, Bourbon Info Exchange and Bourbon R were, were pretty good places you could just go for a normal discussion. But it seems lately that it's become a game of when somebody posts, like how quickly can you make that person feel like a douche? And it's, it's honestly, I mean, it's almost appalling, right? Because it's, it's ruined a, a sense of community of, of what's happened inside of the bourbon realm. Uh, I mean, it, when I, when I think of just a, a personal time, right? I mean, I remember Carrie and I actually talking on Twitter and I'm like, dude, let me get you into some of these Facebook groups. Right. And, and it's, it was a, a time when people were like very, um, uh, inclusive and, and they were okay with people learning. Um, but at this time, you know, and people want to get educated, but now it's just a, a time when people post and people will just quickly want to uh, ridicule and jump at people. And, and, and certainly in my mind, I don't think it what you would consider the bourbon community is a friendly community at the end of 2017. So I kind of want to think what, what you all uh, have to kind of think about that, because I know, Blake, I mean, you you own one of these groups and you monitor it. And I know that it's become sort of a, a bane of your existence in the past at least two months. Right. Um, I mean, a little bit before when it started in 2017, it was a little bit easier. Right. I mean, it was actually a, an information kind of uh, channel. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is tough because it's like <clears throat> at what point you know, this is a part-time thing for me, believe it or not. And, uh, just kind of a fun thing. So I, what, I don't have it wrong then. What, what yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to read every comment and it's like, why even be in a group if you're just here to, you know, just bash people or, you know, try to make people feel stupid. But I think it's just a case of something becoming popular. You know, you're going to attract people who, I don't know. You know, that's, that's what they come to do is live online. And, and, uh, you know, you see like a lot, a lot more trolling and stuff gets more popular, unfortunately. Um, and it's a, it's a really tough thing to monitor and, um, without just blocking a ton of different people. And, um, it's hard because you want it to be a place where people can come and ask questions, get good answers, get good feedback. Um, but at the same time, it's a continually growing community. So you're going to have people who are new coming in and the automatic response every time is just like somebody being snarky or trying to prove more. And it's like, well, we've all been there before. We've all, we didn't understand the difference between Pappy 10 and Pappy 12. Okay. They're not Pappy. They're Van Winkle, but that doesn't mean you have to just take down someone that made that mistake. You, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're, all here to enjoy bourbon. And, um, you know, a lot of times it just seems like I think the person making rude and, and just kind of derogatory comments in my mind, they're trying to prove, Hey, I'm smarter than you. And let me put this up here. It's like, nobody's trying to look cool here. We're trying to talk about bourbon. Like it just is a fun thing. Um, 
So, you know, you kind of hate losing some of that, but I think it's just unfortunately kind of a byproduct of the whole bourbon community growing and becoming more popular and it just attracts more and more people. And unfortunately there's just going to be some bad apples in the group. Yeah. I don't, I think it's, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're totally right. I mean, there, I've been guilty of it. Sometimes people come on and, and you know, post newer shit that, um, you know, so I just, I, I try to refrain from making a comment, but like after the third or fourth time, I'm the guy that says something and I feel bad later on, but it's like, it just drives me nuts when they come in there and they don't ask questions. They just, you know, they post like Weller special reserve. They're like for sale, Weller special reserve 1.75 hit me up. I I have the right to refuse any offer. Like, Like that kind of shit drives me crazy. It's, I think it's honestly, it's not the new people who want to get into bourbon. It's the new people who want to join the wave of markets with bourbon. That make have, money off of bourbon. Yeah, want to make money. Like off Kentucky of Owl for two fifty. Like, yeah, yep. that's what that's what yeah. really drives me. Bad we shit. We had that crazy. issue in our local group of somebody coming on, and you know they they were selling a Mictors twelve year um, for two hundred fifty dollars. It's like, well. Nobody knows what a Mictor's 12-year is. I was about to say something. I'm like, like, is that a new one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and we said, you know what? We haven't really come across this before because there's been a few sales posts, that kind of thing. But we we don't – there's plenty of Facebook groups to sell on um, this one, just about discussions and, you know, local to Jacksonville, that kind of thing. Um, So you kind of have to lay those ground rules down, but – Honestly, with with the Bourboner group, my best thing would have uh, uh, been to just cap it at like 2,000 people or something (laughs) and and to keep that. Uh, But, you know, it's actually I have a who's the 2,000. Yeah, I have a question for you, Blake. And this is not ripping on your Facebook group because it's actually one of my favorite ones to go to. So as we have this just came to now, but as we had this discussion and I think. I think we're right. It's turning a little more hostile, especially as the years go, like the year goes on and the years go on too, right? It's just more attacks, stuff like that. Do you ever, just wondering, do you ever worry because the group is called Bourbonar and it's associated with you, if it becomes too hostile, it's then a negative on like your, on just yeah. your whole overall site and what you're trying to do for the community? Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point because in the past I've thought about just shutting it down because yeah. it's like, look, you know, I, I don't know. I go back and forth with it because, um, it, it does start to think that. And then people start to think about bourbon or, oh, that's yeah, is the place to go where you get ripped on. Right. Like, 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 not that I think it's the greatest blog out there, but I've been writing it for four years. Like I think I've put a lot of time and effort into good information and I don't want it to be associated with the place you go to put a crotch shot of Weller 12 as soon as you get it. <laughs> you know? So, right. um, that's kind of the tough part. And it's like, you kind of got to figure out which channels you really want to grow. And that's another reason, uh, just to plug this real quick while I've been doing the blind tastings. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, it really is because like, I, I want that to be more about what the site is about than just everybody posting a bottle pick and just having, people fight over bourbon, which I tell my friends who aren't into bourbon about, and it just seems like the most idiotic thing ever. It's like, so you're telling me grown adults come on to it <laughs> and scream and yell at each other. Yes. And yes, we like, do. Like, 
and this isn't like anonymous Facebook accounts. Like you can see where that person works. You can see where they live. And it just seems stupid, but that's unfortunately kind of where everything is. There's an online presence. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. Well, I think it just shows you who the new consumer is. You know, these younger, I don't, I'm almost a millennial, but millennials have been around social media and like, you know, Snapchat or like Instagram. They're always like taking selfies and bragging, you know, like, like, whereas we are used to like having conversations and like not, I don't know. It just kind of shows you the news consumer and the way they are just in life in general. And I think they're coming in on us and we're, we're not comfortable with it, but I don't know. What do you think? Yes. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I'm probably the youngest person here. So I'm going to go ahead and just say that. Yeah, it's, yeah, I've got, I've got gray hair coming in. So I'm, I'm (laughs) (laughs) they're all about instant gratification. I I know people who I've gotten into bourbon that just instantly want to go out and just have everything. So they can put my collection to shame. They just everybody wants to be the coolest kid on the block, and that's yeah. They want to be toppers. Like part of that's art. It's not that. I mean, it's not that serious though. Like there's so many good things out there that don't cost an arm and a leg, or just good store picks, or even good shelf bottles. I mean, they just so, want that. They want that Instagram post, that Snapchat, that oh hashtag Pappy. Like get out of here. They want to show like that three years ago, the, I didn't even have these shelves. Right. And so yeah. it was, it was a, I feel like I went through the race to get everything. Now, granted, these are all open. I was just going to say, at least your bottles are open, open, sir. Yeah, We open a drink and the, the goal is to have people come over who are not online bourbon people, but people who say they like bourbon and try anything they want. And for me, that's what the, the hobby is more about. That's the, the side that I enjoy is like, if you want to try any of the shit, come to my basement. And we'll try any of it. I don't really care. It's it's trying all the stuff, but I think the online presence is more of like who has the bigger stash and who has the yeah, who has the most likes, who has the most for sure. No impressions. Well, take that guy, and I don't want to rip on him more because he did do a nice apology. I think it was on Bourboner, but the guy who posted—I'm not sure if you guys saw it—it it was up for a little while. The guy who posted his real estate sale check, right? It's like a check for twenty-four grand and a bottle of—I uh, forgot what he posted. Maybe it was Lot B or something like that. And it, people did universally rip on them, but it was just like, wow, can we one up each other now by showing like, you know, commission checks plus our bottle of bourbon? It was just ridiculous. It was, that was yesterday, I think. Just took it to a whole. Yeah. yeah. I kind of missed that one, actually, but uh, I got oh, a story man. from someone else. But um, I, I was at Mickey's Christmas party at the time. So <laughs> I didn't really care what he posted. <laughs> no, but it, like, the more you open up to everyone, the more, and I hate to say it, but narcissistic people are going to take advantage sure. of an audience. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really like posting much and I don't think I posted anything with my actual name on it from Bourboner for the first two and a half years. So uh, I don't quite understand the mindset of just wanting to post everything about your life online. So, um, but uh, I, I've seen it. I, I don't want to be the opposite and where I don't think it's just, you know, all the, all the millennials are ruining bourbon <laughs> with everyone. Like I see older guys who complain about, well, I'd be able to get pappy if the guy in skinny jeans and a flannel shirt wasn't in line in front of me. You know, it's, I think it's a, well, yeah, can, it's can just he just in line in front of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the one in front of you, not the guy in skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. I think we do have a, like as, you, as you've been in it for a while and you do start to open stuff up, 
I think besides the guy who wants to um, immediately start selling and become the, the big seller, the guy who has a beautiful bar with nothing is open is one that will draw a comment from me. And I, you know, yeah. sorry if I'm the dickhead who's like, hey, have you tried opening any of the stuff? But at some point, people have to realize that you know, my first sealed thing was an orphan barrel vertical. And I thought that was the coolest shit ever. And I still tell everybody I had this nice vertical of five orphan barrel bottles. And then people would come over and be like, dude, check this out. <laughs> vertical. And when they would leave, all they said was, I wish I had fucking tried some of those instead of, wow. <laughs> Nobody's going to look leave. at them. Like, yeah. That's so cool. That's, it's more important for you to open the shit and share it with everybody. Yeah, can can we get a shout out to Mike Gallo for the, you know, not open anything? Yeah, he never does. Yeah. So, uh, Mike Mike uh, Inglio has said Inglima. I'm I'm really bad at pronouncing names tonight, but anyway, Inglima. That's the other Superfly guy. There we go. So there we go. Another shout out to Superfly. So so he had a, a kind of a, a good idea, and I'll kind of put a, a a kind of twist on it and take it back to you all. He said people need to stop directing new bourbon drinkers to Facebook groups right off the bat, considering that might be starting the problem. So if you want to get into something, you need to try and ask questions from the people serving you. But uh, here's the thing is that if you want to learn more about bourbon, like where do you go besides going to uh, Bourbon Info Exchange and Bourbon R? Because you got to remember, a lot of these are <laughs> – Cough, breakingbourbon.com. I'm sorry. I'm saying like the, the, Facebook, the, the Facebook groups, right? I mean, yeah, you can go to websites and you can learn and stuff like that. Uh, but try to figure out like how do you have interactions with people? And how do you have interactions with the people that aren't going to – basically just shove your face in the sand uh, and and actually give you really good information. You got to remember that these are two of the groups that are completely publicly open, right? Um, and there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. It doesn't count because there's plenty of good groups that are closed, that are invite only and stuff like that, which those exist. But I'm, I'm talking about for the ones that are the general public and we're talking upwards of almost 20,000 people in some of these groups. I'll, I'll kick it off. I think, you know, it's a catch 22, right? So of course, some people just want to dive right into Facebook and, and they either don't want to go out or they're just geographically located where they can't go out, right? Then other people, they do have the opportunity to, you know, if you can travel to a whiskey fest, right? In Chicago or in New York, San Francisco, DC, or, or even I think, you know, is there a Jacksonville whiskey fest too, right? There's all these local whiskey oh, fests that people can go to. Yeah. Um, so if you can go to those type of, or even just store tastings, right? Just go in person. You'll meet other people who like, uh, whiskey, you can talk. It's not at a bar setting, so you don't need to worry about that if you don't want to go to a bar and try stuff, um, which is also another great way to, to learn more too. But it's just honestly getting out and just meeting other people and, and stepping away from the keyboard and just talking to folks. Um, I think that's how a lot of us probably started too when we first got into it because the Facebook groups weren't around and they were big. Um, so if you're able to do that, by all means, definitely try and seek out you know, some sort of whiskey fest, whether large or small. I think it'll be really eye-opening you get to meet a ton of people plus you get to try just a lot of different bourbons um and whiskey is which which is the whole point and it's really great yeah i i mean i think that's great advice local even if you are starting on facebook starting with your local facebook group is probably one of the better ways to do it uh seems like a topic that's kind of popping up multiple times tonight but reddit also has a lot of good information um so if uh I've been a member there for longer than I have any Facebook groups. And then there's also like the older forums, like straight bourbon, uh, bourbonenthusiast.com that also have a lot of, a lot of stuff there. I, I think they're still active. I mean, I go to straight bourbon more now for the archives than anything else, but 
there's still a lot of people still active there, but um, that's the thing is I think with the entire new bourbon wave that's been coming in, it's just all migrated directly to the Facebook groups, Um, which I get it. It, Everyone's on Facebook, you know, five hours a day anyway. So they might as well see bourbon in their feet of, you know, friends, baby pictures. So, um, but I would say start with local, local groups. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be groups. I get emails all the time from total wine or from, you know, whatever your local liquor stores, whether it's BevMo or, Binnie's or Depp's, or if you do live in Kentucky, wherever you're at, I'm always getting advice to, you know, sometimes it might not be the most glamorous of a lineup, but it's going to be some decent whiskeys you can go and taste. And if you are getting into it, they'll tell you the basics about the mash bill and about the aging and kind of get you along. And usually it's, you know, 10 bucks or five bucks, or sometimes you get a coupon with it or something like that. But wherever you are, I'm sure there's you know, hit up your local liquor stores, hit up your local bars. You can usually find some sort of event that you can hit up, even if it's not a big, huge, prestigious whiskey fest or anything. You know, you got to start somewhere. I think the, I think the key actually is so. I have a friend of mine who just recently joined the local whiskey groups. He lives uh, two neighborhoods over, and he joined us typically Thursday night. It's when all the guys get together and drink bourbon in the neighborhood. He's joined us the past couple times, and I think he's learned as much from that and you know, trying everything on the shelves and talking to us who he met through his local bourbon group than he would from anywhere else or any other presence online. I think reach out to your local groups. Most places do have one. If not, I'm sure Tampa Bay whiskey society would love to bring you in and <laughs> take your Accepting new applications. Yeah. I think Always. local groups is the way to go. Find out who lives close to you and just say, Hey, we need to meet up for a drink sometime. I mean, I think a lot of people who are into whiskey are, are happy to share and, and meet up and, you know, share a drink, especially if you've got, you know, two, three, four kids and you're like, damn, I got an excuse to get out of the house tonight. <laughs> Blake. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, think, I think that is kind of the beauty of the online meet and greet of the bourbon uh, communities is it's, it's low buy-in. You know, I don't have to spend three hours on a weeknight to go to a, an event and, you know, I can just sit and talk with people while I play on my phone, you know, 15 minutes here and there during the day. Um, it's so bourbon. I, it's bourbon tender. It's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you know you go meet up with people for drinks later, whatever it is. But uh, uh, no, I think that's one of one of the reasons why the groups are so popular still. Yeah, I, I will say. Yeah, I'll say that there is there is one advantage to people that don't join the Facebook groups is that I get the more advantage in doing a trade because they don't know the real value of their bottle. Oh, it's a dick move, man. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> them off much easier that way. Then they hate yeah. them later when they finally join. They're like that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's that's a good joke. Okay, um, so so kind of the uh, the next order of business. You know, we're we're creeping up on the 40 minute mark right here, and I think the time has finally come that we reflect back on all the releases that happened in. 2018 and let's kind of you know talk about what are our favorites if you're anything like me then you can't get enough about bourbon and that's why i'm a subscriber to bourbon plus magazine bourbon plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon the farmers who grow the grain the distillers who labor over the process and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, 
and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. The next order of business, you know, we're, we're creeping up on the 40 minute mark right here. And I think the time has finally come that we reflect back on all the releases that happened in 2018. And let's kind of, you know, talk about what are our favorites. So I will, um, Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot first, right? So okay. let's go ahead and hear what you think your bourbon of the year, 20, wait, 2018, 2017 was, I'm already, already getting my years mixed up. So what is your, what is your bourbon of the year for, for 2017? Well, I have two, I guess. And I'll tell you why I have two. Go ahead. You saying something. Are we going to separate this into rye and bourbon? Yeah, sure. Whatever you want. <laughs> you, you you pull up whatever your quote unquote bottle is of the year. I don't well, care now if it's I have rum. Three. <laughs> rum too. All right. So my best bourbon of this year is probably something that most people won't be able to get. It was a 13 year Willet barrel number 1412. It's by far the best bourbon I've had in a very long time. Um, well, now that's something that everybody. Well. I don't know if they can get this particular barrel. Uh, 1412. What's the barrel, What's the barrel again? 1412. I literally think someone offered me one tonight before we got on this call. Yeah. I'm telling you, it is like the most amazing thing I've had. But and stuff that everybody knows about, the the Al Young was my favorite of the year. Um, and then for Rye, the, I was really impressed with the Kentucky Out Rye. I thought it was just fantastic. Uh, this was 1414. I think we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of uh, overlap here, so um, <laughs> I just I just have a feeling, right? Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Max, let's go ahead, man. Let's let's hear let's hear what you think because I think um, uh, you know Ryan kind of took one out of left field there. You got to understand that uh, getting your hands on a bottle of Wilt Family State isn't it's in a it's a much harder task for pretty much the, the general population. So what, what's your uh, what's yours? Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm with the Al Young. Like, I think it's just absolutely exquisite. It's floral and fruity and spicy and rich and hot all at the same time. And then um, I do got to give a shout out to the Kentucky Owl Rye because that stuff is delicious. But my rye would actually be this year's handy. And oh, I know really? that's a B tax. So that, I don't know if that's countable because that's really hard to find. And I've had a few other year handies. I've never really been that big of a, ha- a fan. 
I've always been in that camp of, oh yeah, it's just barrel proof baby sass. Get out of here. Like, and I tried the 2017 and I love it. I think it's amazing. So let's, let's, let's touch on that one a little bit, right? Because pretty much uh, everybody here on the panel, except uh, Ryan and I actually got sample shipped to their house because Buffalo Trace hates us. For some reason. <laughs> no, we, we sold ours on the, on the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we sold our samples. We're like, screw this. It's too valuable. We'll sell this with a big pen anyway. <laughs> for so, um, yeah, for Bitcoin. there you go. So the, uh, so all you guys got an opportunity to, to try the handy. So I want you to kind of, uh, you know, either reiterate max or kind of, uh, you know, argue against them. Whether is the 2017 handy, is it really much better? Uh, I know I've seen lots of reviews and things online, and it could be a confirmation bias that people want it to be better. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, so what do you think is, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's your take on it? Who, who are you asking? I don't care. Any of you guys that actually got the Has taste. Has anyone had handy from before 2010? No. Uh, all not that old. Uh, okay. So once you have tried Handy from like say 2008, it is a totally different ball game than the stuff they make today. The stuff today to me, every year tastes the same. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. They're good. I love drinking it. I don't taste one. I mean, we do side-by-sides all the time. I don't taste one and say, man, that's so much different than the 14 or the 15 or 16. It's a very similar flavor. If you have some of the older Thomas Handy, it is so amazingly different that you, you actually wonder if Buffalo Trace even made it. I mean, it is just so refined and different that See, I, the reason I can't, I can't take a handy as a rye of the year because it all tastes the same to me. See, I, I would agree that um, the 2009 was honestly probably one of the best whiskeys I've had. Um, it, you know, it's kind of that top 10 category. It was, uh, gee, I might have to go back and look. It was 2009 or 2007. I think it was seven, maybe. Uh, maybe not. Anyways, but I still think they have been able to differentiate some of the other years um, over the past few years. But, yeah, there did, does seem to be kind of that line in the sand where they had a very, uh, very similar um, profile to them. Taste profile. I, I don't know if that was on purpose or uh, I don't know. You know, maybe they're just picking very different places in the warehouse before or what they don't change i mean once they get on a roll with something they're not going to change stuff up i mean you yeah. you, you know you, you try the um i think even like weller 12 you you try it from 2013 through 17 and we did it recently they changed the bottle design but at the end of the day to me it tastes the same you know they hit a flavor profile they stick with it um i think for that one though that, I, I mean you almost want that release like other releases to be consistent that's what yeah, go for it, right? So what would, what would you say, Carrie? Like, were you saying owl? For no, actually, my bourbon of the year or rye. was the Old Forester Statesman. Ooh, that was tasty. Okay, mm. okay that's <laughs> always one. out there ones, man. I love it. And I always, I always, I want to pick something that somebody could actually get in a store and not break the bank for. So at a fifty-five dollar price point, even though it is a lower proof than the Old Forester nineteen twenty. Every time I pour this for myself and my buddies, we're always like, "Damn, that's really, really good." So the price point for me and the availability, and I don't know if they're going to continue making it or not. Um, but Statesman probably was my Statesman. They are okay. That was my pick for Burberry, and then just availability of Kentucky Owl, even though it was a little pricier, one twenty five for a thirteen year barrel proof rye whiskey or eleven year. Sorry, 
um, barrel proof rye whiskey that is much flavor as it does. I gotta pick that one as rye of the year. Actually, not barrel proof. I don't think though. It's not. Yeah, I mean, proof. let's 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 touch on the uh, the statesman real quick because I think um, you know last year it was an over over uh, you know resounding yes that like nineteen twenty old Forester like that was it like that's everybody's whiskey of the year um, and because it because it hit a few different things right uh, it tastes good and it had a great price point and it was widely available right and I think statesman is is doing that as well. Um, I actually haven't had the opportunity to try the Statesman yet, Me either. Uh, but I think, um, I, I think that, you know, hitting those, those types of categories are, 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 you know, it's, it's really good to, to try to round that out because yeah, it's, yeah. When you, when you, not to, not to say that Max is wrong and call, you know, handy, the BTAC of, you know, there's rye of, of the year or anything like that, because it is, it is limited, but I mean, there are, there are those, those Supreme whiskeys that are out there. Um, Does anyone I mean, know how many owl rise they put out? Because I, I had heard that there was actually less owl rise than there was handy. Now, I thought it was over. There's no, I don't think there's any way that's possible. The, the owl rise is still coming out, so I, I got to feel like it was in a, it was just because like, it didn't even hit all fifty states, right? Was it only twenty four, twenty five? It was twenty five in DC. Yeah. Nope. I, I think they're still coming out too. I think it's a. It's a fair, if you wanted to Kentucky. Yeah, there'll be more. There'll be more. It's not, I mean, it's easy for me to find at least, but what if you live in one of those states where it's not one of those 25? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't tell you much, but. Yeah, from what I understand, there's going to be a spring release as well. So we just had the fall release. There's going to be a spring release. Uh, So you're going to have, and not only that is if you follow uh, Kentucky Al or you just follow uh, Dixon on Instagram, he actually just posted a picture uh, about a week or two ago, and he was already basically saying, "Like this is it. Here's Kentucky Owl Rye Batch Two, right?" Yeah. So it's uh, it's not going to. If you can't get it, secondary is pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's it's a hundred twenty five dollar bottle, and it's it's pushing that barrier of, uh, you know, what is what is the amount that people pay? Because I mean, let's get honest. Uh, a, a lot of people that are paying a hundred plus dollars a bottle, uh, they are hoping to that that bottle is going to be a 200 or $250 bottle, like the value of it. Right. It's uh, <laughs> it, there's not a whole lot of people anymore that are buying a $150 bottle just to say like, hell yeah, like let's drink this thing. Right. So it's uh, it's, it is pushing that boundary, but at, at this point I don't see, at least here in Louisville, there's none sit on the shelf. Right. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens when the spring release comes around. Yeah. I just think it's, it's nice that you can actually get a hold of, yeah, I do too. If you want to pay the money for it, yeah, and, and I agree. And whiskey advocate stole my whiskey of the year. I don't know. The William Llewellyn. <laughs> no, no. Elijah B. Craig. Yeah, I was high on it. Now that everyone's like, "Oh, is this the one that whiskey advocate?" I'm like, "No, it's the one that Bourboner <laughs> said." Big Blake July did it first. The whiskey of the year. <laughs> so I oh, forgot I'm, about that. I forgot about the B series. I, I, I think I totally forgot about that one. And I even, um, I posted originally. I was like, "This is really." Really damn good, and so I feel like I did credit. Was that one at? It was one twenty four point two. One twenty four, right? Okay, I got the one thirty, the most recent one. One thirty, which was really good. I really liked. I really liked C. Honestly, I just did a blind uh, A, B, and C maybe two, three days ago, and I actually liked the C. I have a little bit of the C here, actually. I haven't, I haven't even tried mine yet, but it's the, really good. So, so Blake I, I bought let, a ton of actually. Blake, I want you to uh, kind of talk about this for a minute, right? Because 
the uh, Elijah Craig Braille Proof's been around for what four years now, something like that. Yeah, yeah, probably okay. four years. And and you can always go to to Blake's website to actually see the the different releases and the proofs and the bottle shapes and also that kind of stuff, right? So, how have you seen Elijah Craig Barrel Proof progress from those early releases to what it is now that it's actually claimed? Uh, and by the way, I think that. Uh, we hold our own by calling something whiskey of the year. Like just because whiskey advocate said it doesn't really mean it, right? Like I think I think we could we could uh, we could create our own poll and put that out there, and we could we could make the the masses go crazy. But that's just me. Yeah. But anyway, Blake, I kind of want your I want your idea to kind of like what how has how has uh, Elijah Craig the barrel proof actually matured or gotten better, or is it just like this was just a one off really good batch? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think if you probably lined up whatever 15 releases, well, you wouldn't be able to taste all through them at once because you'd be hammered. <laughs> by, like, yeah, there's a couple of 140s. But uh, yeah, Some I, I just consistently put out a lot of really good batches um, since the beginning. And, you know, it's probably a little bit of branding, the barrel change, the bottle changing. Um and they continue to put it out at, you know, I think I was picking them up for 55 bucks. Um, they've done it um, quite a bit. And this this batch B really hit. Um, and I think it just, you know, kind of kind of hit at the right time. So um, I, I don't even know if I'd say it's the very best batch of Elijah Curry Barrel Proof that I've had, but it's definitely up there. But um you know, while there were some other pretty good releases, I feel like it's tough to beat the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Batch B because one, it was great, pretty available, not widely available, but fairly available and pretty affordable as well. Um, you know, most of, if you're getting it at 60 bucks, that's, that's a steal. So uh, I think, you know, it had the mix of those three things. Um and Heaven Hill has continued to do that for the past four years, and one of them really stuck. So, and I guess when I when I think about this, there's always a, uh, you know, there's always a, a comparison. People, even in our local group, I saw they had a a blind tasting of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof versus Stag Junior, right? Yeah, and I don't think there's any. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's, you know, those are, those are two at the price points. They're two really big distilleries they are two, both really good bourbons. Uh, but you know, you never see Stag Jr. ever creeping up to bourbon in the year, uh, anywhere. Right. So it's kind of a, it's interesting that Elijah Craig Barrel Proof was able to make that happen. Uh, it's I think a great it's, release. You know, with the Stag Jr., you're always going to compare it to George T. Stag mm-hmm. with Elijah yeah. Craig Barrel Proof. You don't have that, you know, you know, that, that there's no bar to break set in your mind, you know, it's as good as they, they price that release. Then they come out with Parker's 11, which is a barrel proof 11 year. So it's a year less than the Elijah Craig barrel proof. And it's 130 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, oh, these are special. These are from, um, Deetsville. Deetsville. <laughs> But I, I actually thought the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof was better. At- oh, yeah. yeah, I agree for sure. And that's where I think they're trying to hit all markets, you know? Yeah. They uh, trying to give everyone something that they want. And, and yeah. it's pretty smart from a- the people who want to overpay. Yeah. For shit. I mean, they give them something. I bought a bottle, so 
I'm just as guilty. So. <laughs> yeah, and now there's a million Elijah Craig store picks out there too. So they're even hitting that market. Yep. Yep. Not many Elijah Craig barrel proofs, but yeah. Uh, so Blake, uh, you, you gave your bourbon. Is there a rye of the year or are we just going to go ahead and default to Kentucky um, Owl? I mean, yeah, I think Kentucky Owl was tough to beat. Um, some other ryes. Hold on. Let me look at the... <laughs> everybody like everybody look at their shelves. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, this one hasn't been mentioned, but I really enjoyed the Michter's toasted uh, barrel. Oh, good call, man! I, I forgot about that I one. That, I thought that one needed to be mentioned. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, now, it's you, you either love Michter's or you hate Michter's. There's some distillers that are just like that, and I, I like what they're putting out. So I thought that was a really good release. Um, another one of those. Kind of an Elijah Craig barrel proof where it's pretty affordable uh, and somewhat available. Uh, probably less available, but, you know, still somewhat available. So I haven't had the chance to try it yet. You know, I, I'm actually just a regular fan of just the Michter's bourbon. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's good price yeah. point. I think it's just a just a solid product all around. Especially um, toasted. I love that. See, that's what I was going to say is the opposite. I hated oh. the toasted uh, when that came out in 2014. I just wasn't a fan of it. I It felt like there was flavoring staves and agents and that just, I was just like, this doesn't feel authentic. It just doesn't feel like, mm-hmm. it doesn't taste the way that I, I, it just didn't, just didn't hit it for me. So um, you all that have had like the toasted bourbon and now the toasted rye, like, is there a similarity to it for people that are, uh, have, have tried it in 2014 and, People like me who haven't been able to find a bottle of toasted rye in, in 2017. I thought that the toasted barrel bourbon tasted the exact same as their bourbon. I didn't see much of a difference. But I thought the toasted rye had a definite sweeter flavor to their standard. Yeah, the rye was pretty It's been a long time since I had the toasted bourbon, but I thought the toasted rye was a noticeably different profile than the standard rye. And I wasn't a fan of their standard rye, and I actually enjoyed the toasted rye. So yeah. a little bit of the other the other end of it there. Kenny's just weird. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's just me. I mean, guys, like, don't be wrong. I had two bottles, and I was like, I struggled to finish the first bottle. I remember really right with you. I did not like that toasted bourbon that came out at all. See, didn't it come out in 2013? Or I remember there being two. It was, it was 2013 20, and 14, or was it 14 and 15? It was definitely 14. I think 14 was the first year, no? I think, I think 14 and 15, yeah. Maybe it was 14. There's the first year where I really liked it and actually grabbed a few bottles of the huh. next year's release and didn't like it at all. It was just like, this is a completely different. It tasted like chewing on oak staves to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to go back and look at what those were because um, I agree with you. They're, they're probably – I don't know if there's flavoring packets. Or there's probably that. not. I mean, I'm not saying that there is. I, I know what you're saying. Um, but I, I didn't think I, I didn't think the uh, toasted rye had any of that in it to me. It just yeah, really it was good. good. Really full flavored rye. Yeah, uh, Druther 7 said, you know, you try that versus the barrel strength rye, and it's a big difference. And honestly, I've had the barrel strength rye, and I think it's a great product too. So that's just me. What did you guys think of the uh, the midwinter night's dram this year? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. I think Carrie wanted to talk about it, so go ahead, Carrie. Sorry, I missed the question. About uh, Midwinter's Night Dream. Um, I actually found it a little disappointing this year. Oh uh, yeah, I feel like it's it's um going down a little bit since Act Two. I feel like Act Two is one of those things where it's like a different ball game, and then you got to three, four, and five, and I feel like it's 
their their rye is just getting younger. I mean, they're not making the rye, so um, as far as I could tell, they're not. So they're just you know buying rye, and it's getting younger. And um, I just I didn't care for it this year. Yeah, I haven't really uh, had a whole lot of stuff from High West just in general. I mean, I remember years ago when I was really getting into this and just seeing, I think I was in New York or I forget somewhere. And you just, you see Midwinter's Night Dram just lined on the shelves and I just passed it up. I just didn't, I just didn't care for it at the time. Uh, now I kind of wish I at least would have bought a bottle, but it's unique. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's, uh, so I guess um, for anybody that's, that's new out there, can somebody explain what is Midwinter's Night Dram? Like what makes it a, either a one-time limited release per year bottle? Well, it's a blend of straight rye whiskeys finished in for, uh, French oak port barrels, bottled <laughs> by the my head. Distillery <laughs> in Park City, Utah. Uh, every year, their act goes up by one. So it started five years ago with Act One. I don't know what the hell the scene is. I guess that's just the batch. Um, but everyone says Act Scene, and it's a hundred, a hundred proof almost ninety eight point six. I didn't notice that. It's it's like it's like blood oath. uh and i guess they just they take some rye whiskey and they finish it with port so it's supposed to be um oh so it's a rendezvous rye and they with port and then blend it and it's it's always been like a good winter whiskey um you know sit by the fireplace on your fur rug and drink some midnight winter dram i just feel like it's the excitement of it has gone down every year since people went crazy for it in act three now, Carrie, let me ask you, uh, oh, Carrie, have you had the Basil Hayden's Dark Rye, which is basically I would like not a, pay for an 80 proof rye whiskey. They can but, have, but have you had it? I have not. Okay. So I was going to say, so that actually, and this is, I said in my review, you either love it or hate it, right? And I was surprised I liked it. But for the price point, for what it's trying to emulate and the availability of it for folks, if you haven't had, and granted, they directly add the port versus finishing in port barrels, a big difference. If people out there haven't had a bottle of midwinters or they aren't able to find one, go out and see like if you even want to dabble with bourbon mixed with port or, you know, it's not Asian port, but mixed with port and you'll get a good sense. But yeah, it's 80 proof. Um, it's light, but that'll kind of give you a sense of what you're going to be dealing with. And um, I don't know. Just wondering. Uh, Brandon Griffiths chimed in. He oh. said the scene is actually the day of the bottling. So now you know. <laughs> the more you know. Yes. I've never seen an Act 5 that wasn't seen once so far, so maybe they didn't. They cranked it out one day. One day bottling. Maybe. I have no idea. All okay, right. Is that so, a non-seen um, one? Oh, yep. Seen 8. There you go. Yep. Uh, so so Jordan, I guess that was not a good one. Jordan, let's move over to you real quick because I know we're kind of getting towards the top of the hour here. So let's uh, yeah, no see what you think. I'm not going to, so I'll be upfront. I'm not going to commit with something. We're actually doing our bourbons of the year article at the end of the year, and I'm still debating this. That's why I'm not committing to anything. But I will say two that really, well, and I'm still going (laughs) through. So I'll say a few that are really good, right? So that Statesman was high on my list. It was very good. I thought Barrel Batch 11, um, they can, Barrel Bourbon, first of all, continues to impress the hell out of me, right? It's almost like every single release that comes out for the most part is just like, this is fantastic. And now when people ask me, what should I try? I'm just like, go get a barrel bourbon. Whatever you can find, go try it, right? It's going to be unique. It's going to be good. So I thought Batch 11 was really good. Um, in terms of rye, Kentucky Owl, I actually really liked a lot. And I think, you know, I'm going to join the bandwagon here and say it was really good. I think in a bubble, it's really, really good. When you start comparing it to other ryes out there, um, it breaks down a little bit, especially when you take the whole value into consideration. 
Um, but it's still, it was, it was a really pleasant surprise. You know, that's a, that's one I've recommended to a lot of people. And even though it was only in 25 markets, you can basically find it anywhere and pay just a little bit more in secondary, which was good. Um, and then a whiskey from a, a Ryan bourbon distillery that really surprised me. So Wiggle Whiskey is a distiller out of Pittsburgh that does rye and some bourbons. And they came out with, and I'm not huge on a lot of their stuff. And I say that lovingly because I'm actually friends with the, the owners of the distillery. But the um, they came out with a release called Quaker Strength. And it was a six different malted whiskey. And I actually like stocked up on this, right? And it was so different um, that I just that I just stocked up and it's like chocolatey and malty and, and really good. And it really has me thinking as I do my my bourbon of the year and you know my rye of the year and whiskey of the year is if I'm just now to the point of tasting so many different bourbons and rye that they're all going to be a little different. And every now and then you get one that just blows you away. That I'm almost looking though for something that's so uniquely different, just to vary you know just to vary my profile a little bit. Um, so it's been a big debate that I've been going through since I've been writing my piece this year. No, it's, and by the way, I think what I read on your all site about the Kentucky Hour review is probably one of the most in-depth reviews that I've seen on it uh, as of Thanks. late. Uh, when you, when you talked about the breakdown of, of and, and, and it is true, right? When you look at the different uh, rise that are on the market, I mean, even if you take uh, Michter's Barrel Strength Rye, like you're yeah. looking at an $80 bottle versus a $130 bottle at retail. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's already, you're up, up there in the dollars. I mean, when you, when you break it down, it's a, that's a $50 retail price point, right? It's, it's a big break. So yeah, I mean, there is, um, it, yeah. so if you haven't had the chance, go to breakingbourbon.com, read about the Kentucky Hour <laughs> Review. As, as much as we all try to give it accolades, um, you know, it is what it is. So, and no, that's true. And so the one that I really compared it to too is Pikesville, which is also 110 proof fry, right? And that's going for, you can find it in, you know, 50 to $60. So then there's a huge price variation for a ride that I find just as good head to head, right? So it's really that, how are you going to be drinking? If, if it's just going to be the only ride you're sipping on for a while and you're going to love the hell out of it. Trust me, I love the hell out of my bottle that I have open. Um, but if you're going to do like a flight of rides and really compare it, that's where it starts breaking down. So just a word of caution when you go to sip on it, right? Yeah. And uh, and what, you made a really good point. So maybe in 2018, and that's a hard maybe, let's see if we can, uh, we'll try to expand our palates and then we'll have uh, everybody will have to say that what's their best craft whiskey of the year, right? Like, what's something new? Because it's, it's, I mean, let's, let's, let's be real right here because like there was a lot of people that are chiming in the chat and don't be wrong. There's a lot of people that love Ed Bly and there's a lot of fans that live in Northern Kentucky and people were talking about old Baldy being their bourbon of the year, right? Which is, uh, it was a one-time limited release that was only sold in cork and bottle that Ed actually, uh, lended himself (laughs) and it was retailing for over a little bit over a hundred dollars. Right. So it was very, very hard to get. But again, that could be something we expanded in 2018 if we uh, if we want to try to say, like, you got to find something a little bit outside the box. Hey, I got one in Florida. It can't be that hard to get. And well, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure it arrived by, via FedEx, if I had to guess, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Call you out there. All right, so um, I'll I'll kind of wrap this up real quick. So I have to jump on the Kentucky Owl Rye bandwagon, right? I I was, I mean, I was gonna actually just call this my whiskey of the year, right? I, I thought for for how good it was in the, I mean, yeah, price point aside, I just think it had a lot of good flavor, uh, the availability, um, and not only that is, I, I think everybody on this table can pretty much come to agreement on it now my bourbon and he also bourbon. has like 10 he needs to sell 
<laughs> you 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 bought one don't even start <laughs> i know i bought one from him so oh well, it was it was so easy to come i was just like if i see him i was like i'll i'll just get it i'll, I'll figure out what to do with it later right it's that's that's the mentality oh, so yeah. the um my bourbon uh there was actually somebody that just chimed in on the chat ron ron said are there any joseph magnus fans mm-hmm. and this one was actually new for me this year um but if anybody's yeah. actually able to get their hands on a Joseph Magnus cigar blend. That's a good one. This for me, honestly, it actually was super surprising, right? I mean, it's, it's aged in, um, it's, well, should I say it's, it's a, it's a MGP product. That's basically a blend of 12 and 18 year MGP finished in Armagnac, Sherry and Cognac cast. So you have a lot of different variations, but the uh, uh, I think it's just a flavor explosion. It was it was honestly one of my favorite bourbons of the year, and it's one of my one of the bourbons that I love to to share with people because it it, it definitely has a different flavor profile that you don't necessarily just see with just a straight bourbon whiskey. And it does go well with cigars. I can't wait to open my. I just got a I just got a private barrel from Potomac in the mail the other day. The Orloso mm-hmm. cask finish. So I'm. I'm a big fan of Joseph Magnus as well. I feel like it's just such a sweet, sugary whiskey. Like, and normally I'm not a fan of that, but it's high proof too, so it balances out. Right. I mean, like I, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, the thing is, is that as everybody starts getting into, you know, just having straight bourbon, there's got to be something that changes it up every once in a while. And so you see a lot of these finishes that are popping up. I mean, this is uh, this is the movement that you see to try to break the mold and try to cater to different audiences and try to. I mean, you can throw something that's different into a blind tasting and you can really throw some people off. So, but with that, that is going to wrap up the 2018 or God, I'm already, I'm already like into January already. So that's going to wrap up the 2017, our, our whiskey and bourbons and rise of the year. So guys, a uh, round of applause on that one. I think you guys did great. And to kind of close out the show, we do have a, a special surprise that we're going to talk to you all about. So back in, I can't even remember what episode it was, but it was one of the, it wasn't in the first 11 when we had Bo Beckman on, but it was when he came in his second appearance. It was in the 50s, the 70s, whatever it was. And he talked about the Buffalo Trace Private Barrel Select Program that is open to anybody in the general public. And what this allows you to do is go and register and actually be there to actually buy your own barrel of Buffalo Trace or whatever they have available for you uh, the day that it goes live. And it just went on December 3rd. I was sitting there next to my computer and I was sitting there talking to these guys on the round table and I'm sitting here going refresh, 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 refresh. <laughs> and I did it. I got my I got my. Uh, uh, my confirmation in and Bo actually sent me an email. He said that I was actually number two to get my reservation in for a barrel. So, so within a benchmark. So yeah. Nice. So with that, we are going to have a uh, bourbon community roundtable barrel that is going to be available to uh, our listeners, our supporters. Uh, we're going to figure out how to split it up amongst uh, everybody here on the roundtable. Um, Max, you're invited to well as if you want to come and help pick the barrel. I know. Are I'm, you picking it next month by any chance? I'll be there. So we're, <laughs> we we will discuss the actual date offline. Uh, we'll invite you to the uh, group chat and we'll yeah, yeah, figure yeah. it out. Awesome. I'm staying at Bardstown too, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. We're at. 
I, I, I don't know. Some Airbnb. <laughs> my buddy's place. <laughs> Give us the address and the hours you won't be there, but your luggage Is it a will. yellow house in town? <laughs> so, yeah. So everybody can look forward to that in 2018. Uh, finally, I got my year right. But you could expect that to probably be uh, – we're looking probably sometime into April is probably when we'll actually have the bottles. So we've got a while to hype it up still. Um, we're going to – we're going to do everything that it <laughs> takes to – It's going to win this year. We're going to do everything we can to hype hype it out. I mean, we're going to we're going to get stickers made. Uh, we're going to do all kinds of things. Like we, we need to wax dip those bottles. We'll wax dip. Hey, we're gonna, I know a we're guy. Gonna, I know a guy. We're going to glass edge it. I mean, you name it. We're going to do it, right? <laughs> Mad crotch shots all year. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. what everybody that's what everybody can look forward to uh, coming at uh, mid mid twenty eighteen. But we wanted to kind of close out the year talking about that. So uh, with that, I want to go around the table and say, uh, once again, thank you all fellows for joining tonight. This was fun. It was a, it was a, a good, good show. We, you know, we hit on a lot of great recent news as well as talking about, uh, you know, how to kind of close out the year. So to finish it off, I'm going to start off on my right hand side this time and everybody just kind of give a plug of where they can find you all, where you blog and um, you know, where they can find you and the, uh, you know, what they can buy you for Christmas. I don't care, whatever it is. So, uh, Max, you're up first, buddy. Yeah, my name's uh, Max Christie. You find me at superflybourbonclub.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and as well in the Tampa Bay Whiskey Society. If you're in the area, hit me up. If you're not, find us on the website. And for Christmas, I just I just want bourbon or gift <laughs> cards to buy bourbon. <laughs> As, or as uh, cash, said. as we talked about last time, cash is cash works too. Yeah, give Carrie Bitcoin. Carrie, you're up, buddy. Carrie, <laughs> suburbia. Um, I'm also on Bourbon Tender, also known as Tinder. <laughs> and uh, it, you can find me on there. Um, uh, bourbon underscore gamer on Twitter, and of course on Reddit, I'm Slanderosu is my nickname. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, what was the other question? What do I want for Hanukkah? Sure, um, yeah, yeah, Hanukkah. I already got it, man. I got Old Forester States. No, I'm just kidding. I, cash is always good. Cash gift cards. Uh, <laughs> but man, I could use some more of those ice cubes that freeze in the freezer, though, because I think I only have thirty. So I would love to. <laughs> isn't that what just isn't that what ice I cubes do them. already? They just freeze in the you freezer. Know, like the the metal cubes. Yeah, the the stone Um, ones and the ones that light up. Yeah, all those good ones. Shaped like a bullet. Aren't those just gimmicks, though? Yeah. Yes. They are. But the Darth Vader one is cool. I like the Death Star. They they try to say that they they chill the drink enough that it doesn't affect the flavors, but it just brings it up closer to room temperature or like just just above room temperature. I don't know. It's all crap in my opinion, but just makes it taste like metal or taste like a rock or whatever they make the ice cube out of. Yep, I'm with you. Good way to break your glass, Tiff. That's it. Or your tooth. You're you're not supposed to drop them from like the (laughs) Kobe. (laughs) All right, Jordan, you're up, man. Sure. Uh, This is Jordan from BreakingBourbon.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon uh, at Breaking Bourbon. And uh, sign up for our monthly newsletter. So we do stuff that's not on the site, and it's just exclusive to our newsletter followers, and it's free. And Blake, round it out, buddy. I'm Blake from Bourboner. I want to take this time to apologize for anyone who's been harassed in the Bourboner Facebook group. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It hurts. Automatically. 
And uh, no, no, definitely need to clean some things up. But uh, hopefully there's still good information in there. Use the search bar first. Um, there's always good info there. But uh, hazing process. For, for Christmas, any kitchen gadget I can get my hands on. My wife hates it, but we have 12 different ways to make coffee in the morning. Um, <laughs> so anything like that, yeah, send my way. Yeah, you'll be uh, sous vide in your coffee here soon then, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I've tried to sous vide just about anything I possibly can. It, I did some sous vide cocktails. I did a sous vide old-fashioned. It's actually really good. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Really? Are you no. serious, Clark? Serious, Clark? No. Um, yeah, mason jar, uh, you know, typical Manhattan recipe stuff, uh, fresh cherries, and I'd have to go back and look. It was it was a while ago now. Um but yeah, sous vide it for like an hour at, huh. uh, it's all in Celsius, so I don't even remember what it was. But um, yeah, that no, was really good, actually. So uh, We might have to save that for a different show, or you just have yeah. to put a blog post out on how to sous vide wow. cocktails. That's, I've I mean, never that's heard of that. man's happy post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the blender and the sous vide. Weird yeah. <laughs> It's about to say Blake is the the corner of like uh, innovation over here, or maybe yeah. it's just the, the corner of like how to duct tape your your cocktails, right? Whatever yeah, it is, it should work for like all. Bed Bath and Beyond or something. Hey, I tried I that Ninja blended poor mads, and that was good. I will attest to that. I, I don't want to give away any secrets, but join in tomorrow night at nine o'clock, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenny, what do you want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? Uh, I need new shelves to support my bunker because I saw them. <laughs> I actually saw them bending the other day, and it's it was funny. I'm, I'm in a group, and I showed them a picture, and they were like, "Those are just point welded. Like you need to get new shelves now." So <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I, I think these came from Target, so that's probably why." <laughs> nice. So uh, with that, fellows, I want to say thank you for joining. Oh, Ryan, what do you want for Christmas? I thought you were just going to leave me off. Uh, oh, there I couldn't. Sure. He just wants to be included. Yeah, I need. I actually need like like ten Glen Cairns because I've taken all my Glen Cairns to like other tastings and left them there, and now I have none. And so, I've asked family like, "Give me some Glen Cairns." <laughs> <laughs> and I'll t- I've never had never a bottle. Have. I've never had a bottle of William Lear Weller, so I've been. I'm thinking I might splurge and get one this year. Do it, buddy. Do it. Get you yeah. some. It's fantastic. Yeah. Done. So yeah. send one to me, somebody, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got them open in my basement. You can always come over. So I know. All right. I'll open up. Yeah, you'll open up every one of them. So let's go ahead and we'll close it out. So, fellas, want to say thank you again for joining. If you like what you hear, make sure you uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, subscribe on YouTube as well. I've I've been really impressed with how many people are actually uh, watching the YouTube videos. Uh, at the same time, make sure you take the uh, the Bourbon Pursuit audience survey. You can just go to bourbonpursuit.com slash survey and fill it out. It actually helps us get us a better understanding of you know who you are, your demographic, the types of bourbons you like to buy. And it's really going to help to grow the show because we can actually take that and uh, you know use it to to talk to potential advertisers of, 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 you know, how we influence uh, a lot of the buying decisions and, and what's actually happening out there. So please go ahead and do that. Uh, also follow all these guys on their social media channels. Also follow us, uh, Bird Pursuit on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Ryan, go ahead and uh, close this out, man. Yeah, I want to say thanks to every one of you all for spending the time with us, these Burma Community Roundtables. They seem to be our most popular shows. I know you know, it takes a couple hours of your time to do it. So I wanted to say thank you for doing that. And uh, thanks to everyone listening. 
Have a great holiday, New Year's. Be safe, enjoy good company, drink good bourbon, and we'll see you uh, next year. Bye.